0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. What happened there on that day was etched in the minds of those who heard it for a long time. It was on that day that the people of God came to Mount Sinai to receive the commandments from the Lord. And as they stood at the foot of that mountain, as the mountain shook, as there was lightning flashing, there was the God of the universe in his own voice, apparently from the top of that mountain, as he yelled forth the Ten Commandments. That's how the people heard the Ten Commandments. And they were all afraid and said, We don't want to hear anymore. Moses, you go up there and you get the rest of the law and then you come back. We can't stand it. That's the event that the Hebrew writer was talking about here in Hebrews chapter 12. It's the event of the people of God. Hearing the voice of God. And he said, You've not come to that place again. We're not back at that, but rather we are and have come to Mount Zion, verse 22. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, an innumerable company of angels. The general assembly and church of the firstborn, to the judge of all, the saints of just men, to Jesus the mediator. The book of Hebrews is a book that the writer is saying the Jewish law was good for its time, but that time has passed. Now Jesus has brought a brand new covenant, a much better covenant. Yes, it was founded upon that old one, but it's much better. Apparently, there were some, chapters 1 and 2, Hebrews, who were thinking about slipping backwards and, and going back into the Jewish faith. And the Hebrew writer said, why would you do that? This is so much better. And here his statement tells us one reason why. And that is because now we have a family, a church. Not based upon whether you were born into a certain family. Not based upon blood, but rather the based upon the sacrificial body of Jesus and a connection that everyone has, not having been born, but having been born again. The church. The church stands as a tribute to God's eternal purpose. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. There are many in the religious world who do a disservice to God's purpose by saying that the church was merely a substitute. Jesus was not permitted to set up an earthly kingdom. And since they rejected it, he set up the church in its place. It's heresy. Jesus built the church. God established it, wanted it to happen from the beginning of time. And therefore, we understand that this is what God intended all along. And we get to be a part of it. Now, for the purposes of this lesson, we're having some lessons on Bible authority about certain things that those who shepherd the flock have asked us to discuss. And one of them is to ask the question, well, what about the name Church of Christ? I don't know about you, but I have been called in time past a Campbellite it is reference to the restoration movement era of the eighteen hundreds. When uh, Alexander Campbell and Barton W. Stone and Raccoon John Smith and a number of others who thought and, and came in their own minds individually to the same conclusion. We need to get rid of the trappings of men that have begun to dominate the religious scene. And we need to open up the Bible and just go back to the first century and to be what the church was set up to be. We do not take our name, nor do we take our origin from the 1800s, if we do, then I propose to you that I'm leaving. And I hope you would go with me. Because I don't want to be a part of a church that started in the 1800s. I want to be a part of a church that started in Acts chapter 2. That's what I want to do. Hope you do too. I know that in Acts chapter 2, the fulfillment happened of Isaiah's prophecy that occurred back in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house, or the mountain of the Lord's house, shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. And many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord's house, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways. We'll walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord. From Jerusalem. Isaiah prophesied of a time. When in the mountain would be established the Lord's house. And all nations would come be a part of it. And from it would go forth the reading and the giving of the law of God. Acts 2 was that day. In the mountain of the Palestine area of Jerusalem. The Lord's house began in Acts chapter 2. When Peter stood up and preached that great sermon and that day were added to them, that is, to those faithful disciples, that day were added to them 3,000 souls. And that church that God had said He would establish was established. And that's the church that I want to be a part of. That's the church you should want to be a part of. And it was set up to last according to 2 Peter 1 and verse 11. Peter mentioned that we can have an entrance supplied to us into the everlasting kingdom of God from the day Acts 2 somewhere around A.D. 30, from the day that the church was established until this present time, the church has been in existence. It may not have been well-known. It may not have permeated every society because over time people fell away, but it has always been in existence. I'm looking forward to purchasing a book. It's called Traces of the Kingdom by a guy named Keith Sissman. He has gone back and has found written record and visual record of churches of Christ meeting in England and Europe as far back as 1,000 years. And he said, I will then, after publishing this book, I'm going to go back and see what I can find previous to 1000 A.D. I want to see it. I think it will be fascinating. Because there are so many people who seem to believe that the church is a relative newcomer. Started in the Americans. No. The Lord's church began way back in Acts chapter 2 in the first century. The question for our discussion today is why is the name important? Why choose the name Church of Christ? Names are important. You know that names are important because you live with it. For instance, if someone walks up to you and calls you a name other than your name, the very first thing you're going to feel is, that's just not right. I mean, there have been oftentimes maybe you've been confused with somebody and, and maybe you didn't want to embarrass them and so you just let it slide. But you let it slide knowing that that's not your name and it's not comfortable to be called by somebody else's name. You have a name because it's important to you. It was given to you by somebody and you've been wearing it for a little while and it just feels right. It's you. The name of the church is important. It identifies. A name identifies. It says, oh, you are, I know your family. I know the area that you came from. I know your history. I know your past. It identifies immediately when you say that name around people who know. They go, "Ah, yeah, I get it. I know. Or maybe you've heard it this way. Oh, I know your dad. I know your mom. It identifies. It connects you. To someone, someplace, a name instructs. The mere mention of a name automatically conjures up in your mind something that you know to be true because of that name. Instructs. You don't have to lay out everything, but in your mind, you can run through a lot of things because the name says so. Whenever you name something, you automatically attach things to it. And by the nature of a name, it instructs people who hear the name. They know some things, they learn some things, they observe some things. It instructs. And a name includes. A name includes because it says, here is everybody who shares in that name. We're all together. When you have a family reunion, You might have, because of marriages, different names, but you all have a family reunion around a particular name, the beginning of a name. You have something there. It includes something. So a name is important. When we name our children, it represents something. I don't often know, we may not know exactly what it is. Maybe it's because it's a family name. Maybe it's just a name that you enjoyed, that you've had in your mind for a while. Maybe it illustrates something. But names identify, instruct, and include everybody under a name. Here's the next question. Why is this Name, important. Why Church of Christ? Why, when you drive up the driveway, do you see that picture? Why? Why does it say what it does? Is it because we took a vote and we decided, oh, that's the one we all like and so that's what we're going to use? Is it because, oh, that's just the name I've always known. I'm just going to stick with it because I sort of like it and don't want to change it. Why Church of Christ? Remember, it is a name that certainly goes back further than the 1800s. Let me tell you some reasons why. The name Church of Christ honors its builder. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church, my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'm going to build my church and even my death and going into the Hadean realm will not prevent it. It's going to happen. I'm going to build my church. It honors him as the builder. The name Church of Christ honors her spouse. Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11 in verse 2, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Therefore, I have betrothed you to a husband, Jesus the Christ. Church of Christ says, this is my married name. We are the bride of Christ. Christ. The name Church of Christ honors its or her supporter. In Ephesians 2 and in verse 20, the Bible describes Jesus as the chief cornerstone. That's the one from whom it finds its foundation and its support. He's the supporter. The name Church of Christ honors her purchaser. Acts 20 and verse 28. Paul was talking to the elders from the church in Ephesus. And he said, take heed to the church that is among you as shepherds of the flock. For Christ Purchased the church with his own blood. He made them the overseers. And he purchased it with his own blood. Church of Christ says, We have been bought by Jesus. The name Church of Christ honors her Savior. Jesus. In Ephesians 5 and verse 27 is portrayed there by Paul as he is describing the marriage relationship. He brings Jesus into the picture. In fact, he says in verse 31, this is a figure of the church, this marriage relationship. And he says that he, Jesus, is the one who made her without blemish. And without spot, he saved her, his church. Jesus is the Savior. And Church of Christ honors him. The name Church of Christ honors her leader. In Ephesians 1 and 22, the Bible says that Jesus is the head over all things pertaining to the church. Church of Christ. Now, think with me, if you will. Whenever you think of the term, the name, the phrase, Church of Christ, what identity comes into your mind? What being, what figure, what person? Is it not Jesus, the Christ? When you think of the phrase, the name Church of Christ, what instruction do you receive from that? I can tell you two that immediately pop up, right? One, in our day and time, that's the group that sings without instrumental accompaniment. And that's the group that baptizes people for the remission of sins and that teaches that it is absolutely necessary. That's what it says. And by and large, when you, amongst people who are not members of churches of Christ, if you mention that term, that's who they know instructively. Hopefully it also instructs. It also comes to their mind, Oh, that's the people who try to live like Jesus. Who try to be benevolent. Who try to be kind. Who try to treat other people like they want to be treated. All of those things that come with a name. Because as the church of Christ, people will have an impression and an understanding of Jesus through us as they hear and know that that's the church to which we belong. And when you hear the phrase, church of Christ... Who is included? I know that you have had the experience of traveling to another place and finding an opportunity to worship and assemble with those who are brethren in that place. And it just feels good to be in that place with those people. It's like A family reunion that we've never had before with those. When our group was on our trip and we were in Alaska and we had the chance in Ketchikan to assemble with brethren there, it just felt good there was immediate conversation, immediate connection. Why? Because we're all brethren. We've all been included. That's why the name is important. So what about all the others? Besides the ones mentioned in Hebrews 12, there are other places in Scripture that have names that describe the people of God. Why Church of Christ? I want to suggest to you because number one, it's expedient. It says everything we want to say without having to explain a whole bunch of stuff. It just is expedient. An expedient is something that promotes the continuance and the practice of something. And it connects all people who are Christians to know exactly who they are so we can find each other. It's an expedient. I think it's historical. It is a historical fact that the name Church of Christ has been in existence a long time as an identifier of a group of people who assemble on a weekly basis and who worship the God of heaven in the same way that you and I are attempting to do today and who teach the plain gospel of Jesus Christ calling everyone to submission to it and asking that anyone who wants to be a part of the family of God connect with us through obedience, submitting to Jesus, being born again into that family that wears His name. Third, it's biblical. Because back in the first century, Paul said in Romans 16 and verse 16, the churches of Christ salute you. Here's what I know. In the first century, there was a name. Church of Christ was a common one. There were a multiplicity of congregations known as churches of Christ based on that text in Romans 16, in verse 16. And Romans, written around 60 to 62 A.D. So that within 30 years of the establishment of that church in Acts 2, Church of Christ was the term that was most popularly used to refer to those congregations of people who were just like you and I are attempting to be. So today, I believe the name is important. I think the name of the church ought to reflect the one who built it, saved it, purchased it, died for it, it ought to reflect the one to whom is married, not the name of some person or some practice that the church happens to engage. And the name ought to be reflective of the God, the leader, the head of the church, not the people who inhabit the church. Yes, I'll fight for the name that best represents Jesus the Christ who gave His life for her. That's why we are Churches of Christ. Today you can be a member of the family of God too. And like all those people for 2,000 years be able to say, I'm in the family of God. Being born again of the water and spirit, added to the Lord's family, He'll welcome you home. Today, if you need to, have us help you in some way. Will you come as we stand and sing? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.